0: Welcome to the Abundant Living Podcast. We are your hosts, Wesleya Eccles and Willa Williams, co-founders of Trinity Financial Coaching. Every week, we have conversations that focus on stewardship principles to help you manage your money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally with ease. We do this while embracing the abundance of God. If you want to connect with a Christian community of professional women that is journeying through a purposeful blueprint that balances living a fulfilled life while building wealth for your future, you are in the right place. We invite you to subscribe, rate, review, and share the Abundant Living Podcast with your friends and family.
1: So I would like to talk a little bit about your net worth. Your network shows a snapshot in time of your financial picture. It's your financial scorecard and it provides several different pieces that are critical to sound financial decision-making. It's really an indicator of financial fitness and the level of progress you're making in your finances over time. You can calculate your network by deducting your liabilities and those are the things that you owe from your assets. And those are the things that you own. When you're calculating your net worth, it's easy. It's just your assets minus your liabilities. That equals your net worth. But your net worth is more than just a number. Remember, it's a snapshot of your financial picture, and it represents the relationship between four specific factors. And those four factors are your income, your monthly expenses, your assets,
0: and your liabilities. The relationship that you mentioned, Willa, is very important because it helps Mm -hmm. draw the connection between your cash flow and its design purpose to increase your net worth. You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of people think that your income or your annual earnings is the same as your net worth, and it's not. It's actually that this relationship that you're talking about shows Mm -hmm. What are you retaining from your income to add to your net worth? So if you make $100,000 a year, at the end of the year, how much of that have you retained in savings, in appreciable assets? And I know we're gonna talk about that more a little bit later, but Mm -hmm. yeah, this is crucial to having an understanding of why that's important.
1: To increase a billion net worth, You need to be in control of all four of these factors. So let's kind of talk about a couple of them just briefly. First of all, would be your income. It's important to know the stability and dependability of your income when you're seeking to increase your net worth, because when making decisions based on a certain amount of income and it doesn't materialize, your plans will fall short. I think recently, many people have completely unexpected interruptions in their income streams, And these came from 2020, the pandemic. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected that uh, there were gonna be these massive layoffs. There were gonna be these massive stay at home orders. People couldn't work. So their income streams were reduced drastically. Some assistance was provided, but not nearly enough to allow for people to build or even maintain a positive network. So the dependability of your income is extremely important. It really is.
0: Yeah. One thing now, that I, I like to, uh, to help me remember, um, mm-hmm. I, I have an acronym for STEWARD. Mm. And, and so because we are supposed to be stewards, right? Good yes. stewards of the resources that God provides for us. I think of Stewart. So Stewart, mm-hmm. S stands for savings. Mm-hmm. T stands for tithe. Mm. E stands for my everyday expenses. Mm-hmm. W stands for my wealth pillars. So the different mm. things that I value that's going to increase to my increase my wealth holistically, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the A stands for appreciable assets. Ooh. The R stands for risk management, and then the D stands for debt elimination. So, if I'm being a good steward, I'm handling all of those things, Each and that's one. a combination of not only my cash flow, but also is identifying things that are going to help increase my net worth so that includes Mm -hmm. my retirement that includes my long the long-term things purchasing a home the appreciable assets that I want to attain Mm attain right um -hmm. so if I'm being a good steward then I'm not broke if I'm being a good steward and my money is aligned to all of those things I'm not broke I'm just being a good steward I'm not living paycheck to paycheck I'm being Mm -hmm. a good steward because I have I'm taking care of all of those things holistically. And, and, and being a good steward is also based on how I've defined wealth for myself.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I, I don't have an acronym for steward. No, I'll say I didn't have an acronym for steward. But you're right. Your savings absolutely impacts your net worth, part of your assets. Your tithing, when you, tithe, when you even have the ability to tithe, it speaks to the abundance that you have and the faith that you have that God is going to provide all those things that you need. And the E for your everyday expenses, yeah, you're dealing with your cash flow vision plan. Absolutely, you're able to do that. Your wealth pillar, thinking about that, you're building your net worth. You want to make sure that your net worth is on the positive and regularly increasing. Your appreciable assets, that's what you want to have in order to facilitate that increase of your net worth. And risk management, you gotta protect them. You have got to protect your assets. Does it make any sense to acquire them and then allow them to be taken away or damaged or destroyed? So protection is necessary. And debt elimination, how else can you uh, reduce your liabilities? Gotta pay the stuff off. It is truly important. And that brings us to the final thing that impacts your net worth when we think about those four factors. And that last thing is liabilities. These are things that you owe. You create a liability when you borrow money or charge something. Most of the time you make the payments on it until it's paid off. So you have to remember the equation to calculating your net worth. It's assets minus liabilities. Now, there are many factors that will impact your net worth. So it's important for you to calculate it annually and keep track of how it may go up or down and be aware of what is happening in your finances during these movements of your net worth. That's very important. That's how we can see the way the trends are going. So, Wes, what was that scripture that we were talking about? Um, with respect to networks, We were speaking a little earlier about Proverbs 27.
0: Tell yes. me about it a little bit more. Oh, yes. It's Proverbs 27, 23 through 27. And okay. in the message version, it says, know your sheep by name, carefully attend to your flocks. Don't take them for granted. Possessions don't last forever, you know. And then when the crops are in and the harvest is stored in the barns, you can knit sweaters from lamb's wool and sell your goats for a profit. There will be plenty of milk and meat to last your family through the winter. Now, of course, we're not talking about sheep and goats. And- <laughs> <laughs> but if you understand in the biblical times that mm-hmm. sheep and, and flocks and goats and barn, I mean, these were these were, their were assets. assets. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Those mm-hmm. were the assets at the time. So the scripture is basically reminding you know your sheep by name carefully attend to Mm -hmm. your flock know your assets have an inventory of your assets watch over your assets okay so your net worth statement is going to help you do that Um, it also says that you know don't take them for granted because possessions don't last forever and they don't last forever. So even sure. though you're accumulating these assets, there are things that can happen that will require you to possibly have to use them. Um, and mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that very shortly. What happens when calamity comes, right? However, exactly. in, during a time when there isn't calamity, you are supposed to make sure that you are bringing in your crops, you're harvesting them, and you're storing them in barns. Those are storehouses, which is the same as your savings accounts, your investment accounts. That's what you're doing when you're harvesting and you're storing them. You're preparing them and laying them up so that you can use it in the future. And so the rest of the scripture says that you can knit sweaters from lamb's wool and sell your goats for profit. So, yes, if you've accumulated it and at some point in later in life when you need it, like your retirement account, when you need it. It is there and you are living off of the fat of your retirement account. You're living off Uh, the dividend and the income mm -hmm. of the retirement account. So that's like knitting the sweaters from the lamb's wool. You're not, you're not killing the lamb, right? Mm -mm. But Mm -mm. you're able to use what the lamb was able to produce for you. So the provisions Mm -hmm. from the lamb, so your money is making money for you. So you're using that. And then what you need to sell, you can sell for a profit and live off of that. Not only for yourself. I love this last part and your (laughs) family. Yes. Through the winter. So it's not just for you, but it's you and your family and you're able to set up things for your future generations. If you don't have a net worth statement and if you're not monitoring your net worth statement, you would just do things aimlessly. You won't have a strategy. Mm -hmm. So. Like Willis said, in our episode two, when we talked about your um, defining wealth for yourself and establishing goals and having a cash flow budget, your goals are in line with what you value and your cash flow is now being strategized so that it can help you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish as far as building your net worth is concerned. And you're building your net worth for your future. It's, it is all works together.
1: I know. And it's amazing how when we begin to think about that and and we think in terms of the word and how it all goes in a circle, I think about my life and my my, uh, time at work, the things that my husband and I did to prepare ourselves for retirement. It was early. I worked 32 years. He worked 25 years and he worked now because he, he needs to go to work because he likes it and I like him to go to work. But, but, anyway, <laughs> but anyway, but anyway. But he's working I'm because here. he wants to, not because he has yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't yeah. have to, but he wants to. And and he's young, so he still, he wants to get out there and work. And, and me too. So I love, this is my work and I love yes. it. But I think about everything that we did to prepare us to be able to do what we're doing now. You know, as you were talking and explaining the scripture, I thought, thought about the annuities that we sow and how now we can pull off those, that's the sheep. And the taking the wool and make the sweater, it remains there, but you can do a draw or do whatever it is that you wanna do, but you gotta prepare. And the best thing to do is to prepare early. It is Let's see the value now, take the action now, reap the fruit later. It That's a wonderful scripture, the way, you know, your interpretation of it. I love that.
0: I exactly. love exactly. Yeah, exactly. It does help you get focused. hmm Yeah. And, Absolutely. And, and it also helps you prepare because, you know, m- many of you are want a second act, for lack of mm-hmm. better words. So if you mm-hmm. started working early, and like you said, 32 years, but at 32 mm-hmm. years, you were only 50, right? 50-something. Yeah, yes, yes, and yes. I'm 50. This, you know, what we're doing right. full-time Right now, we're in our yep. second act and able to do this yep. full time, right? <laughs> so, some people are working and accumulating assets and building so that they can now transition or pivot to their second act mm-hmm. something that they're passionate about, something that they're, their purpose, you know, something that's in line with what God has spoken to them. And if your career isn't that and you're able to accumulate assets so that you can now shift. And still maintain your lifestyle—that is a bonus. Yes, yes. So your your career has funded your dream. Absolutely. So the, if you work twenty years, twenty five years, or whatever, and if you were diligent, your career and the money that you made during your career can totally fund your dream, and then you can pivot and not have to forfeit your lifestyle while you're trying to pursue Mm -hmm. the new thing because you've been able to make the adjustments and you also know how you have to adjust your lifestyle in order to incorporate the differences that might occur by shifting from career to that purpose path.
1: and you also you can stop and go forward into that second career you don't. you're not forced if you Plan right early. You're not forced to keep working. Your 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 health goes down. Your desire to get up and go to work. You don't want to do it anymore. So if you take some very simple steps early, I'll never forget. I remember going to, I don't know, one of those tax preparer kind of people. And this was a long time ago. I was young. I had not gotten married yet. And it was just me and I kept having to pay the IRS and I Well, what can I do not to have to pay the IRS and they began to talk to me this was a professional we have to utilize our professionals I they began to talk to me about putting money aside in my deferred income and defined account at work so because I worked for a municipality I had a 403b instead of a 401k but they worked the same way Anyway, when I began to put money aside there, I did, I think, like $25 every pay or something like that. Really simple. I never had to pay the IRS anything anymore. I don't know how it worked out. All I know is that the amount of money that I had to send them for the last two years prior to doing that. When that first year after I got those taxes done, I sent them nothing. They had to send me that amount of money. It was you know wonderful. how it happened. You reduced your taxable well, yeah, liability. I, I <laughs> but I didn't I didn't know anything about that <laughs> at you the know, time. I
0: get it. I at got the it. time. I got it. Yeah, yeah, I but, got. It.
1: But you know, he told me that, and I was like, oh, you know, are you are you sure? You know, and you question, but I trusted, and all it took was just that one time. After that prepare yourself, educate yourself, take those steps, do small risks, take long-term, make it happen. And so that's why now my husband can work because he wants to, and I can work here because I want to. And, you know, be happy and live off the fruits of our years of
0: labor. I know that's right. I know that's right. I love it. So you remember in the scripture, I talked about how it said that don't take, It said, don't take them for granted. Possessions Mm -hmm. don't last forever, you know. Mm -hmm. Phase three of our framework is financial elevation, which is creating a framework for accumulating assets and protecting them. So protecting your assets is vital to your financial journey. Good stewardship includes planning for when calamity strikes. Seeking protection by insurance is a prudent approach for risk management. Insurance is not to prevent accidents. It is merely a means of compensating you and your family if such a loss were to occur so that you can be economically stable. One catastrophe, one calamity, one accident, one car accident, one slip and fall could be the thing that could actually disrupt your entire financial journey or your blueprint or your strategy if you don't have insurance in place and you have to pay for all of those expenses out of pocket especially if it happens to the wage earner in the household exactly because nowhere in god's word are christians promised a hazard free life devoid of disaster and difficulty true ecclesiastes nine eleven states time and chance happen To them all and we Mm -hmm. should expect to endure various difficulties but we do have god's promise that he will not allow us to suffer beyond what we're able to bear but it is still prudent for us to take precautionary measures to safeguard ourselves from the adverse effects of disaster and that principle is clearly taught in the bible Proverbs Mm -hmm. 27, 12 states, a prudent man foresees the evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Carrying proper levels of insurance is a means of saving for future needs, a principle that is emphasized in the word of God. So you need to protect your personal property, auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, and those things seem like oh the obvious but what isn't as obvious and what normally um, slips the mind of some people is protecting excuse me is protecting their income yes and yes that is the greatest tool that you have in order to accumulate assets or buy or put money toward things that you own and to reduce your liabilities the things that you owe You have to protect your income utilizing either disability insurance, short-term or long-term, as well as life insurance. Now, we're going to get into a lot of details about what it is and, and how it works in this episode, but we do want you to think on a few things. As it relates to disability, if you're a single, the likelihood of you becoming disabled is greater than you actually dying. So you want to yes. make sure that if you cannot work because of injury or accident or disability, that your income is covered. So think about this. How much of your income would you need to replace to maintain your lifestyle if you became disabled and couldn't work? Also think about how long would you wait, could you wait before the disability benefits kicked in? Which is the main reason why you hear a lot of financial professionals talking about you need an emergency fund. Is yes. It is yes in case you blow a tire and you need your car fixed. Yes, you want that. But in the event that something happens to you and your income has to be stalled for a moment until this disability insurance kicks in, do you have a month, two, three, four, five, six months expenses saved so that you are able to take care of your bills, take care of your needs while you're waiting for the disability insurance to kick in?
1: Now, I spoke a little earlier about income interruptions and that is exactly the same thing Mm -hmm. if your income is interrupted because of your health you you can't go to work so that being able to pay those fixed expenses your uh rent house note yeah food because you got to eat no matter what um transportation eh, you can get around transportation maybe you if you have a car Hopefully there's some kind of insurance on that that may cover those expenses, your car notes. Some people have that, some don't, but it is truly, truly critical for you to be able to cover those expenses. So an emergency fund is important and three months is usually how long it takes for some of your insurances to kick in. And that's why three months can often be important for you to have three months of expenses set up in your emergency fund but that's just a starter you right. want to go forward more than that but 3 months will
0: help you over the hump as they would say and the other reason is because disability insurance doesn't pay you 100% depending upon your coverage you might mm-hmm. only get 85% you might it might be as low as 65% so you mm-hmm. would still need your emergency savings to be able to pay the difference mm-hmm. so that's something that you definitely want to think about you have to it's protect important protect your assets and then life insurance. We can't have another GoFundMe for to cover funeral costs. You, <sighs> having life insurance does not have to be expensive Yeah, to yeah. have coverage, to make sure that your funeral expenses are covered, to make sure that any debts are taken care of. Now, some debts are just taken care of immediately upon death, but some mm-hmm. aren't. You don't want the burden left on your family members in the event of you transitioning to glory nobody wants that people have enough to deal with emotionally and then they have to deal with that and figure out how to pay for the the services on top of what happens afterwards you need Mm -hmm. to make sure that you have life insurance and we're gonna have we're gonna talk more about that probably in episode five or six when we start talking about uh, leaving a legacy, preparing mm-hmm. to leave a legacy, impact and influence—that's phase four. But to protect your assets, to protect you, have to make sure that you have um, income. And like you said, well earlier, if you're a wage earner, if you're married, your mm-hmm. income has to be replaced in the event yes. that one of the other spouses passes away, so that the things that you have set up for your life can continue, for not only for the, the, the spouse that uh, that's living as that well as manage. the children
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you you don't want their lifestyle to be decreased you want exactly. it to continue at the same level that you had before and yes. when you th- talk about insurance one of the things that I think is really important also is that for families we need to have burial insurance for our kids it's really important, not just for the wage earner, we need to have it for our children. Sometimes we overlook that, oh, they just the baby. Yeah. Ah, And and the policies are not that expensive. So it's something that I think a lot of folks don't think about, but it's something
0: to consider. I think 2020 and the destruction that COVID caused in families Mm -hmm. all last year, I think it was an eye-opening event, not only about disability, Mm-hmm. Granted, the government had some things in place to help out with that in the event that you were out because of COVID. But still, it was a eye-opening and a time for us to wake up to understand that calamities happen. People were, were not prepared for some of the deaths that happened in their family. They did not have all their Absolutely. affairs in order. But yes. now that you know, it's time to put these things in motion and it's time mm-hmm. to put these items in place so that you're secured from this point going forward so phase three of the blueprint is financial elevation accumulating assets and protecting them so in this episode we hope that you understand the importance of knowing where you are financially right now so that you can create a strategy for where you want to go that you understand that your net worth statement allows you to figure out if you owe more than you own. Yes. Because if so, then now you want to start reversing that or eliminating those liabilities so that your net worth continues to increase. And
1: and just wanted to add to that, thinking about your net worth, you think about what we spoke about, it all builds upon our Uh, Episode two, which talked about your cash flow vision plan. One thing builds upon the other. So it's really important to know your cash flow vision plan, your budget, to have it designed so that you can follow it and get that net worth the way you want it to be, where you want
0: it to be, how you want it to increase. And then lastly, The net worth statement is a document that allows you to determine how much progress you are making each year in your finances. It helps you make sure that your spending is in control so that you are definitely reaching the wealth goals that you have set for yourself. Download your five-step blueprint to transform your money. It is a blueprint that will help you evaluate, envision, establish, elevate and expand your money mindset and create your purposeful strategy for building wealth. Download it today at wwwmytfcoachcom forward slash blueprint.
1: We hope you enjoyed this episode and thank you for listening. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at My TF Coach. Bye for now and continue to live abundantly, putting God first as you manage money confidently, live life purposefully, and build wealth intentionally.